Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, so just stay with me for one moment. Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So she was marrying into David's holy line. You've got to remember that. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? Anytime a preacher gets up, starts talking about favor, prosperity, blessing, overflow, goodness. Most religious people are confused and disturbed, all right? Uh, But we are a favor church. We're a good news church. We're a gospel church. We believe that the New Testament is full of the promises of God and all the promises of God are yes and amen. Can I hear an amen? And so uh, we, we're going to preach good news. You're never going to come in on a Sunday and hear bad news and uh, hear how you messed up. We're always going to talk about what Jesus did right and how you can receive his grace. But so many times when we start talking about these things, uh, the natural inclination is we're confused and disturbed just like Mary was. Mary tried to think, what does this angel mean? Think about that. You're favored. What do you mean by that? I thought it was funny. All right, keep moving. It's Monday. Don't be afraid, Mary. So she was afraid. She was confused, disturbed, and scared of favor. The angel told her, you have found favor with God. You're going to conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Why? Because she was marrying into Joseph's line, into David's line. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth. Now notice this. He connects a miracle. You don't don't even know this, but your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Can we all say that out loud? Come on. For nothing is impossible with God. Can you say it like you believe it? Come on. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and everything you have said about me, or may, uh, where is it? May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Here's one more verse. Uh, John chapter 1 and verse 46 says this. Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I want to talk tonight about unlikely favor. Unlikely favor. Father, I thank you that we are blessed and we are highly favored in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just speak that even in the next few days of 2017, you can do more. In these next 20 odd days that we have together. Than we could do on our own. I pray you accelerate us. Move us forward. Favor us. I pray. In supernatural ways. In Jesus name. And everybody said amen. Uh, Unlikely favor. This was an unlikely time. uh, In the history of Israel. It was actually a bad time. Uh, About 400 years before this. God speaks his last words. To the nation. He speaks through Malachi. And uh, he, it didn't really end on a good note. Uh, the last word in your New Testament is curse. <laughs> so they kind of 
God was kind of frustrated in Malachi, and then he stopped talking. And so for 400 years, there's been literal biblical silence in the nation of Israel. 400 years of silence, but not only that, Rome came in and took over. So now they are under hundreds of years of Roman rule and oppression. The glory days of Israel, they're over. The the great memories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the, the great victories of David, the awesome stories of Joshua, the, the great prophets like Elijah and Elisha and, and Isaiah. I mean, th- those days are over. This is a very dark time for Israel. There are no real true prophets in the land anymore, true preachers. This religious system of, of the Pharisees and Sadducees has come in and, and they've really distorted uh, even the Old Testament law. Uh, they had hundreds and hundreds of definitions for the law. They had hundreds and hundreds of different things that they added to the law. They they tried to define the law of Moses and they tried to define the, the prophets. And so now people are under crazy religious oppression. They're, they're under political oppression. They're under the Roman oppression. They're, they're in a terrible season. It's an unlikely time for God to move. But I've learned... That no matter what you're currently going through, no matter how dark it may feel, no matter how how crazy it may feel, it may feel like all of hell is against you. But I'm telling you, God can break in at the right time. And it might feel like the wrong time, but it's the right time to God. You know, the old preacher used to say, he's never early, he's never late. He's always right on time. He's always right on time to him. Hello. But usually for us, he's like super late. But he's always on time. It was a dark season, but the light of God's prophetic word broke in at just the right time. The Roman rule left the the Jewish people poor and in fear. The cold, dead religious systems of the Pharisees and Sadducees left them empty. And the world and all its trappings, I mean, this this was a dark time morally, by the way, prostitution was everywhere. I mean, it was, it was just a, a while. It was actually a religious practice. It was a, it was a dark time morally, but right in the middle of all of this brokenness and darkness and emptiness, God sends an angel. God sends a prophetic word. God shines his light in a dark season. Friend, I just believe, I, I, I just feel like prophesying right now. In a, in a city that is called Sin City. Come on, could a light shine? Could a prophetic word be spoken? Could the angel of the Lord... What is an angel? Angel is simply a word for messenger. And I'm not the angel and I'm not the messenger. But I'm talking about churches that would rise up with a good message. A message of favor. A message of forgiveness. A message that says it doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been. And and how many wrong things have you done. That God can break through and say, I'm going to release my glory. I'm going to release the power of God. You're going to see miracles like you've never seen. It's an unlikely likely favor in an unlikely place. Come on. And I believe what God did in Nazareth, he can do in Las Vegas. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling excited tonight. So I might get a little bit excited. Israel was waiting for their promised Messiah. They were waiting for their deliverer. They were waiting for their King. They were waiting for the one that would make all the wrong, right? And I believe, friend, we're in a city that is, they may not know it's Jesus that they need, but they've tried gambling, they've tried the clubs, they've tried 
the drugs. They've tried the drinking. They've tried the sexual escapade. They've, they've tried. I mean, we have it all, friend. And what happens when you've tried everything and experienced everything? And that high isn't high enough. And that intoxication isn't intoxicating enough. And that pleasure isn't pleasurable enough. People need good news. And they don't need to be told that they're jacked up. They know they're jacked up. They need a message of favor. And friend, tonight I want to preach a message of favor. And I believe this city needs a message. It's not a message that ignores sin or, or denies sin, but it's simply a message that points people to the only one who can make it right. It's Jesus. And, and the angel shows up. Here's my first point. He shows up to an unlikely place called Nazareth. Nazareth in Galilee. Now, Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, prophesied that the Messiah would not come from Nazareth. He prophesied he would come from Bethlehem. So every young virgin in Bethlehem, because Isaiah prophesied a virgin was coming, or a virgin would conceive. Every young virgin in Bethlehem is wondering, am I going to be the mother of the Messiah? Am I going to be the mama of the king? Am I going to be the mama of the Isaiah 53 prophesied one? Am I going to be the, the mama of the, of the Psalm 22? Am I going to be the, the mama of Psalm chapter 2? Am I going to be the, am I going to be the mama of the, of, the, of the man that would crush Satan's head with his heel? Could I be her? Could I be her? She, they, there were so many women in Bethlehem that were so excited because they thought maybe I'm the mama, but God doesn't go to Bethlehem. He goes to an unlikely place. What if God wants to do something in an unlikely place? And we're looking for a revival in Dallas. Or we're looking for a revival in Alabama or in Tulsa. The New Jerusalem. <laughs> and we're looking for the Bible Belt for a revival. But maybe God's saying, I want to do something in an unlikely place. I want to release a revival in a place that no one's in. Vegas? Could God do something in Vegas? Could God raise up a church in Vegas? Could God give you favor in Vegas? It was an unlikely place. Galilee was a place of high poverty. It was non-religious. It was a melting pot. I'm sorry, I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm having an inner dialogue. It was a melting pot. It was full of Jews and Gentiles. You know, the, I've, I've, I've gone back to this article multiple times. Vegas, they say, is the America of 2060. 2060. We are a melting pot. We are a, we are a picture of multiculturalism that isn't in a mega city, Houston, New York, or LA. We're the most multicultural small city in America, and we are the picture of what America will be in 40 years. Think about it. The angel shows up to a melting pot, and maybe God wants to move in a melting pot. Maybe God wants to raise up a multicultural church in a multicultural city. A, a church where everybody's welcome. In a city where everybody's welcome. God wants to raise up a large church in a large city. God wants to raise up a growing church in a growing city. The angel shows up in Nazareth. Nazareth was uneducated. It was blue collar. It was the wrong side of the tracks. It was a perfect description of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. God chooses the foolish things. God chooses the weak things. And maybe God has his eye on a crazy city with some crazy people. 
with a crazy pastor for sure. Then maybe God wants to do something crazy that it's foolish. It'll make you scratch your head. It, it, would, it, would, it, it looks like a spiritually weak city. It looks like a, a foolish city. Would God really do something in Vegas? Absolutely. If he did it in Nazareth, he, I'm, I'm telling you all, I need an amen tonight. Come on. If he did it in Nazareth, he could do it here. Huh. Nazareth. The angel shows up in Nazareth and chooses a Nazarene woman. This was so foreign to the people that in John chapter 1, they hear about Jesus of Nazareth. Because what happened? He's born to a couple from Nazareth, but they flee because of persecution. They have the baby in Bethlehem. It's all in the Christmas story. You'll read it at some point this month, I hope. (laughs) But then they come back to Nazareth and that's where they raise the boy. So when they hear about Jesus, the Nazarene, a good old religious boy in John chapter 1 goes, can anything good? Nazareth? Can anything good come from me being laid off? Oh man, I feel like, I'm sorry, I'm getting excited tonight. Can anything good come from 2017? Like you don't know this. I've been cursing this year. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of the pain I felt? Can anything good come out of the trial I just... Can anything good come out of the Judas that just stabbed me in the back? Can anything good come out of that situation? Because it don't feel very good. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Friend, I want to remind you of what my pastor says, Jensen Franklin. What you lost was painful. But what you have left is powerful. And God can do something with what you have left. Can anything good come from the season I just came out of? Can anything good come out of the brokenness? Can anything good come out of the story that has been written about my life? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I would, I would submit to you, yes. Because Nazareth, Nazareth in the Hebrew language means sprout. <laughs> it's alive. It means a little green shoot. It means a little branch, not a big branch, but it's alive. It's not a giant forest yet, but I still got some life. It's not very impressive, but it's still green. It doesn't look like much, but God can still do something with it. 2017 was tough, but I'm still breathing. I want to remind you of Acts chapter 20. There's a boy, he's listening to Paul preach. He gets bored because Paul's a long-winded preacher. And the Bible said he was sitting at a window ledge. He fell out of the ledge and he died. But when Paul runs down, the Bible said Paul laid on him, looked up at the people and said, there is life in him. I want to prophesy there's life in you. There's still life in your future. There's still life for your finances. There's still life for your marriage. There's still life for your business. There's still life for your dream. It might look dead feel dead. It might be as cold as dead, but I'm telling you, like the apostle Paul said, there is life in you. You might've gone through a Nazareth season. You might feel like you're living in a Nazareth, but friend, you are still alive. You are still breathing. And if you still got a pulse, you got a purpose. And if you're still inhaling oxygen, you ought to praise God because your greatest days are still in front of you. Come on now. I don't look like much, but I'm alive. The world would have wrote me off, but I'm alive. Religion would have said I'm disqualified, but I'm still alive. 
The world looks at it and says, nothing good can come from that. But God says, I can, I can turn all things together for your good. What the enemy meant, Genesis 50 verse 20, what the enemy meant for evil, God, he can make it good. It was an unlikely place. And I, I want to prophesy that in an unlikely place like Las Vegas, God can release favor. God can release favor over your life. God can release favor over your business. I'm looking at a lot of people here, even tonight, who are in some different business deals. 2018 is going to be a crucial year for you. I just declare favor. Frank, I declare favor. Art, I declare favor. Mark, I declare favor. I'm telling you, favor, favor, favor. God can do it. God can give this church supernatural favor. I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah, it's already happening because you're here and you're awesome. So God has obviously favored me. Look how good looking you are. Come on, he, he, can, he can release favor in unlikely places like Nazareth. And he can release favor in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Y'all are looking perplexed and bewildered. But I'm going to keep on preaching. You, you, know why, you know why you are? Because you're, you're, the devil's telling you you're disqualified. This is the great thing about favor. It's favor. It's not a payment. It's favor. You can't earn it. It's favor. If you could earn it, it wouldn't be called favor. So while I'm preaching favor, you're going, yeah, but I did this and I did this and I said this and I don't do this right. And, I'm, and I, don't, I haven't read my Bible in a week. And last time I read it, I don't remember what I read. And, and I don't pray a lot and I don't do this a lot. And I yelled at my kid this morning. And, da, 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 and, yeah, and, and if you could earn it or deserve it, it wouldn't be favor. It'd be a payment. And God would go, I guess I owe this to you because you're so good. But we're so jacked up. We've, we've made so many mistakes. But come on, God will release favor in your life. Don't listen to the accuser right now. Don't listen to the accuser right now. Listen to your older brother, Jesus. Number two. Number one, it's an unlikely place. Number two, an unlikely person. Mary. I think we've, I think we've elevated her, and I don't think that's wrong, you know, especially if maybe you come from a Catholic background. I'm in no way uh, criticizing her. But it's favor. Like the angel didn't go and was like, Mary, you're the best. <laughs> there were so many other good people, but you're better. <laughs> oh, he looked at her and he said, you're favored. In other words, you, you don't deserve what I'm, what I'm about to do in your life. <laughs> she was young. She was poor. And she was unqualified. Think about this. The name Mary literally means rebellion. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. <laughs> but, it, but it's from Miriam in the Old Testament when she rebelled against Moses. So God looks at rebellion and he says, you're favored. Another Hebrew connotation is bitterness. She's been called bitterness and rebellious. But how many know God's word over your life is different than the world's word over your life? You're not what the world calls you. You're not your struggle. You're not your current weakness. You're not your addiction. You are who God says you are. God says you're favored. And, and, and there was only one thing that really qualified her for this moment of favor. It was not her works. It was not her own righteousness. This is, this is huge, what I'm about to say. It was the bloodline she was about to marry into. Yeah. 
Big, oh man, I'm literally going to run this building right now. And I met some of you for the first time tonight, so I'm really trying to behave. You're like, what have I walked into? It's not that scary. Nine o'clock, the snakes come out. If you don't get bit, you have faith. And so, oh, I'm kidding. God said, I'm, I'm going to raise up a Messiah out of David's line. So it wasn't about Mary's righteousness or her goodness. It was about who she was about to be in covenant with. <laughs> the favor that is on your life has nothing to do with you. It has to do with who you're in covenant with. It has to do with David's line. It has to do with Jesus. The reason that God will favor you is not because you earn it or deserve it. It's simply because you you said yes to a covenant with Jesus. Jesus said, this is my covenant in my blood. This is the new covenant. When we remember the cross, when we celebrate Holy Communion, when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you said your way is better than my way and I'm leaving my covenant with the devil. I'm leaving my covenant with the world. I'm walking away from my old life and I am saying yes to the covenant of God Almighty. And now because you're in covenant with the son of David, the root of Jesse, now because of that, you can have favor the same way Mary had favor. So it's not by works, it's by the blood. First John chapter 1, verse 7, God cleanses us from all of our sin. Hebrews chapter 9, His blood purchased our redemption. And if it purchased our redemption, it purchased our favor. You have found favor. There, there's theologians talk about two kinds of grace. They talk about sustaining grace and successful grace. Now, sustaining grace is OMG. Didn't think I was going to make it through October. I'm still here. Hallelujah. Y'all know about sustaining grace. Have you ever been there? Like, keep it real. It's okay. Like, I don't know how we're still married. Oh my gosh. Sustaining grace. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. No, one's going to, no. <laughs> you know, it, it's that kind of like, I'm, I'm still saved. Woo. Still married, still legit, still in church. Okay. Sustaining grace. And there are seasons where boy, God sustains you. And it's like, man, I was, I was in the valley of the shadow of death, but man, I got through it. That's sustaining grace. And we all have those seasons, but there's also successful grace. It's what the world would call lucky. It's the, it's the, you you are so unqualified for this, but for whatever reason, someone liked you and you got the job. You got the promotion. You got the deal. For whatever reason, someone said, I, I just like you. I want to work with you. It's successful grace. It's, it's, it's the right breakthrough. It's, it's a perfect turnaround. It's, it's just that I, I, you scratch your head and go, I, I cannot pat myself on the back for this. This is all God. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says God gave Daniel favor. God can give you favor. Crazy favor, don't make sense, shouldn't happen. It's a God thing. It's Luke chapter 2 verse 52. God gave Jesus favor with God and with man. You can have favor with God and favor with men. People just like you. They, they just think, they just like your smile. They trust it. They don't know why. They look in your eyes and go, there's just something about you. It's favor. Yeah. 
I'm talking about God can give you successful grace. It's just out of nowhere, crazy. I, I can't even find the words for it because if you've ever experienced it, you know it. And it's just, ah, God. And notice she wasn't favored before this moment. She was favored for this moment. Because one word from God can change everything. Think, think about this. Exodus chapter 11, verse 3. You could write it down if you're taking notes. Exodus eleven three. 3. Uh, the plagues have just hit. The Israelites are leaving in the morning. The, the, you know, the firstborn, all that has happened. And they're about to leave in the morning. And God goes, hey, before you leave, go knock on all the Egyptians' doors. You know, the people that you've been terrorizing for the last few days, you know, with the 10 plagues, you know, the people that hate you, your, you know, your slave master, you know, those guys. Yeah, yeah. Go knock on their doors. Ask for all their silver and gold. They're going to give it to you. How many know that's an intimidating moment? Go find the person you hate the most. Just ask for their car keys. See if they'll just. Now, the Bible did not say that the Egyptians kicking and screaming gave it to them. Exodus 11.3, now the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the people of Israel. They're arch enemies. And Aaron shows up at the door. Hey, so can I like, can I have all your Rolexes and any money you got in the safe? And, and the guy's like, man, I don't know what it is about you. I just like you. Yeah, please. Now, if God could give the Israelites favor with the Egyptians. How many know God can give you favor with your boss? How many know God can give you favor with everyone around you where people just like you and trust you and say, I want to do business with you. I want to work with you. I want to, I want to get in covenant with you. I want to get in agreement with you. I want to partner with you. This is not earned, friend. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 8. And the king granted my request. Because the gracious hand of God was on me. Nehemiah said, I asked the king, and if, if you read Nehemiah, it's pretty amazing. Nehemiah goes, hey, I need to go leave. And I need to go help my friends for a while. When are you going to be back? I don't know. How long is it going to take? Not sure. You need money? Yeah. And the king gave Nehemiah everything he asked for. And Nehemiah said, oh my gosh, favor. Because the king should have killed him. Because when you're the hand of the king, as, as, as Nehemiah was to the king. By the way, read your Bible. It's so good. It's, it's better than any TV show. You, I mean, it's so interesting. Nehemiah's like, if I ask this guy and I don't find favor, he's going to kill me. But the guy goes, so you need a paid vacation and some money. Sounds great. Here it is. Think about it. Favor. Favor is not earned or deserved, but favor is received by faith. In verse 45, we didn't get there, but Luke 1.45 says this. You are blessed because you believed. I want to say it like this. We are favored because we believe. So, Jamin, how do I walk in the, the undeniable, unstoppable favor of God? We believe. Believe for it. Tomorrow when you're driving to work, stop cursing everything that's going wrong. Stop talking about how bad your boss is. Turn off the radio, get some worship music going, and just say, Lord, I receive your favor today. Lord, I'm going to be favored today. 
God, I'm going to get that sale today. Lord, it's going to happen. I mean, and, and, you, and you don't, and don't just do it tomorrow. And then if it doesn't happen, you get discouraged. You live this way. You, be, you live believing God for favor. You live believing God for open doors. Lord, what, what wouldn't open for other people, you can make it open. Because your favor is upon me. <sighs> lastly, lastly. Is this all right? Y'all still look confused and perplexed, but I love you. I know, I know it's like, I could have easily been like, you know, tonight I want to talk about what a sinner you are. Tonight we need an old-fashioned altar service. And you would have been like, amen, pastor. Because you know what you're into right now. So you're like, yes. He's a prophet. No, I'm not. We all have our mistakes. And you should deal with your junk. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying we talk about favor and it's like, oh, man. This is, I don't know about this. It's too good to be true. It is. It's the gospel. So it's overwhelming. Number three. So an unlikely place, unlikely person, number three, an unlikely connection. An unlikely connection. Elizabeth. The angel says, so Mary, just so you know, this, this miracle that I'm releasing right now, it's actually not, it didn't just start right now. Actually, six months ago, Elizabeth got pregnant. And Elizabeth is pregnant with the Messiah's forerunner. Because see, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, the Messiah could not come without a, without a forerunner. Jesus needed a John the Baptist to prepare the way. When God releases a word in your life, He's already working Behind the scenes, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, you need to go to Vegas and plant a church. And then my pastor looked at us, and it's on video, it's, it's amazing, and he said, the word of the Lord has come to me. Acts 16, the people are praying. People have been praying for a church. People have been praying for a pastor. People... Uh, I'm not, I'm not here to say I'm an answer to your prayer. Here's all I'm saying, so don't trip, okay? All I'm saying is, I don't think it was as much our idea. Because you don't leave Newport Beach, California. Some of y'all prayed us in. And I love you for it. And people have come to us. I, I cannot remember a service that people have not walked up to me and said, we prayed. We've been praying for a church. We've prayed that you would come back to Vegas. We've, I've, been, I've, been, I've never forgotten about you. I've always prayed for you. I've always thought you should come back. People all the time, we've prayed for it. We've been praying for a church. We've been praying for a year. We've been praying for two. We've been praying for six months. Yeah, we're kind of in a church, but we really haven't got We've been praying for this. We've been praying. Every miracle is connected to something that is so much further along the road than you even know. So when God releases favor, you got to know that something is, you may not feel it right now, sense it right now, be experiencing it right now. But what you don't know is that months ago, even years ago, God has already started the process of favor for your life. God is putting the right people in your life, and even people who are further along in the journey to prepare you for where you're about to go. 
Some of you feel like you're in a season of prohibition. You're in a season of no, you're not. You're in a season of preparation. Miracles, I wrote this down. I don't really know how to explain it, so I got to just say it. Miracles are always connected. And miracles are always old. They're connected to what has already been going on in the spirit. And they're connected to old prayers. And not just your prayers. Some of you are where you're at today because grandma's been praying and mama's been praying and daddy and I've been praying. Other people have been praying and your sister's been praying and your uncle's been praying and your, your dad's been praying. And, and you don't even know that you are, Mary, you are where you are because I released something on Elizabeth. Now, this is amazing because in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the angel comes to Zechariah, Elizabeth's uh, husband. And, and he, goes, he goes to me, he goes, guys, I got great news for you, Zach. Zach. <laughs> he goes, God heard your prayer. But see, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were old in age. Now, Bible old, out of children is, is 50 plus. So we don't know really where they were, but they were in their 50s. So God goes to Zechariah and he says, hey, God heard your prayer. God's going to answer your prayer. And Zechariah's thinking, uh, what prayer? The male pattern baldness? Is that, am I going to get my hair back? God heard your prayer. Is it, is it about our retirement? What? They, they didn't even remember their prayer. You might forget prayers you prayed, but God never forgets them. And God goes to Zechariah and goes, no, 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 your son. You mean the son I prayed for when I was 15? Bible days, hello, somebody. Some of you 15-year-olds are like, yes, God, bring it back. No. You mean the prayers I prayed when I was 17, 18, 19? You mean the prayers I prayed till I was about 30 and then finally just gave up and took on the label barren because that's what everyone said about me and people have called us barren and people have called my wife barren. I guess that's just our lot in life. I guess that's just who we're going to be. I guess, I guess that's just our life forever. And God said, no, no, no. Zechariah, you gave up, but I never gave up. And you forgot, but I never forgot because the Bible says every prayer goes into a scale and God remembers them. The Bible says every tear you cry goes into a bottle of God's remembrance. God does not forget a prayer that you've ever prayed. Come on, somebody. The Bible said in Psalm 56, verse 9, the very day I call for help, the tide of the battle turns. You know, sometimes you pray and you don't feel it, but the tide's turning. The wind is shifting. You, I don't feel it yet, but the very day I prayed, the tide began to turn. The, the moment I called on your name, God, things begin to turn. And I, don't, I may not sense it today. God is connecting it. So he's not only preparing you, but he's preparing your miracle. Huh. It's all connected. You might feel like, man, I've been waiting. When's he going to break through? But you got to know there's so many connecting pieces that God is setting up. It was an unlikely connection. I think we're connected. If you would say, Jamin, this is my church and this is where we're supposed to be. I think God's been connecting us probably for years. We didn't even know it. Prayers you prayed, prayers I prayed. God, give me a good looking church one day. Here you are. Been praying for a generous church. You guys are generous. Pray, Lord, give us a worshiping church. God is bringing together worshipers. I didn't know. I didn't know Bree. I didn't know this Latina angel who could sing and 
unbelievable. And we moved to Vegas and someone says, you need to meet Bree. She's in a transition. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know God would keep Mitch and I connected for 15 years. I don't know if me and Henry would reconnect and, and become great friends again after years of traveling. We just kind of lost contact, but it feels like we never lost contact. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when I met Kyle as an intern 10 years ago, dear Jesus. And 10 years later, we'd still be bros hanging out. I didn't know Omar when I prophesied over him in youth ministry years ago, and I think he fell out under the power, or at least he gave me a courtesy fall. And I didn't know that God... I don't know where he is, but hey. <laughs> I don't know, Kyle Carroll, when I was in Boise, Idaho, at least 10 years ago, maybe longer, and I prophesied over him, and he never forgot that word, and we've been connected all these years later. I don't know, Rachel Wise, who was on our worship team in California for years, and she was always a little flaky. A lot of times, you know, turned down my request to sing because she was doing another wedding, you know, but... I didn't know we would stay so connected. She would get so close. I'm teasing. She'd get so close to my wife. I, I see Weston here. Weston waved for everybody. The, the Lord leads him and his beautiful wife and kids to Vegas from Phoenix. And they, they need a church. And they don't know where to go. To, they've only been here a couple of weeks. And a friend says, check out City Light. A friend from Phoenix that I do not know. No, no, I don't know the guy. But the guy says, check out City Light. So he rolls in. On a Monday night, friend, it's all connected. And sometimes God answers your prayer, and sometimes you're the answer to someone's prayer. And I believe in this, we're, we're an answer to each other's prayer. I'm not your answer, you're not my answer, but rather we're, we, we both kind of found favor. And here we are. We're going to build a church, we're going to help a lot of people, we're going to love a lot of people. Hopefully we're going to set a lot of people free, tell a lot of people about Jesus, give a lot of people hope. Who knew? Who knew when we were praying all those years ago? Who knew when we've been praying for years? Who knew as my wife and I have been wrestling with this for years in California, Lord, what's next? Who knew? God knew. God knew. And God knows what you need. Unlikely places, unlikely people, unlikely connections, but that's how God does it. And I believe God for favor. Can you say amen? Come on, give the Lord a big shout of praise. If you, bro, can you, can you come up? Hey, I'm just so full of faith today. I'm believing with you. I'm believing for you. I'm believing for our church. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for favor tonight. That as Nehemiah said, I found, I found favor in the eyes of the king because the gracious hand of God was on me. I just believe for the hand of the Lord to be upon your life in, a, in an incredible way, a supernatural way. A, an undeni- that's why I've been praying this. God, undeniable, unstoppable favor. Maybe get that, if that's in your heart tonight, get that in your heart this week. Unstoppable, undeniable favor. Where God, I can, I, all I can do is give you the glory. Because I know it was you. I know it was you. Favor. Favor. I just, I believe tonight with you for favor. Let's just pray for one moment. Will you lift up your hands towards heaven? In the name of Jesus, I, I release 
the undeniable, the unstoppable, the undeserved, the unearned, supernatural favor of God. Because you are in covenant with the son of David, because you are in covenant with Jesus. You can have that favor. And God, as Mary said, we said, be it unto us. Lord, if you said it, we believe it. And we receive it. Father, I receive your favor. Lord, we receive your favor. And God, in the name of Jesus, as a, as a pastor, as a, as a man of God, I just say, in Jesus' name, you're blessed. And the favor of the Lord is upon you. The right doors will open. The wrong doors will be obvious. The voice of the Lord will be loud in your ear. And you will know the way to go. And you will walk in it. And you will go confidently and you will go boldly. And you will go full of joy. Favor, favor, favor. God, we can't earn it, but we sure can receive it. We just receive it right now in Jesus' name. Your favor. Lord, your favor, it lasted a moment. Excuse me, your anger lasted a moment. That moment on the cross when Jesus became sin. When Jesus paid the price. When Jesus died our death. When Jesus paid our bill. In that moment, your anger was poured out, but only for a moment. But Lord, that scripture goes on to say, but your favor lasts a lifetime. And God, we believe for favor. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that we live continuously, perpetually in the year of the Lord's favor. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I just want to remind you of that. Let me just remind you of that real quick. Luke chapter 4. Jesus uh, quotes Isaiah 61. And he declares the year of the Lord's favor. The moment Jesus said that, we have been in a year of the Lord's favor. Don't have more faith in 2018 than you do in the favor of God. Does that make sense? Because at January, this is my year. This is my, no, no, no. My faith is not in a year. My faith is in Jesus. And, and it, it is going to be your year of favor. You want to know why? Because it's been your year of favor. Because since Jesus declared it at the beginning of his ministry, we have been in a perpetual state of God's favor. This is the year of God's favor and it will not stop. Amen.